Good morning. How are you? Today, God willing, we will be learning Dafdalad Maseches Yuma. But we start nine lines up from the bottom of Gimel Amid Beis, where it says Amar Reish Lakish Rabbi Yochanan. There is a machlokas between Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, so this is a good place to start. What is that machlokas? The question is, where do we learn the idea that is proposed in the very first Mishnah in our Masechet, which is the quarantine of the Kohen? Seven days before he, bring, he does the Avodas Yom HaKippurim. So Rabbi Yochanan says we learn it from the Miluim. The Miluim, as we discussed, is the process that Moshe Rabbeinu taught Aaron Akoin how to do the first Avodas Kohanim in history. And that is the precedent because there, there was a quarantine where Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching Aaron what to do. That seems like a good source. Bishlakish, however, learns it from a different source, and he, where they will, he'll discuss why he prefers this source. He learns it from Moshe Rabbeinu himself a little bit earlier on, before Kabbalah's HaTorah. So in our calendrical coincidence, we will learn, um, because it's Sphira, today is Chai, the 18th day of the Omer, we will be learning about the events leading up to Kabbalah's HaTorah. There, there was a cloud, according to one shita, as we will see, that covered Moshe Rabbeinu, that was like a quarantine, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself quarantined Moshe Rabbeinu in preparation for the reception of the Torah. We will see, there's a machlokas, fascinating machlokas, was it in preparation for the reception of Haseris Adibros, or was it in preparation for the reception of the Luchos, which is two different things, right? The Haseris Adibros didn't come down with the Luchos, we will talk about the chronology. First, Yeseris of Dibros were said. Then Moshe went up to get the Luchos. Then he came down with the Luchos on Shivas HaVetamuz and broke them. Then did some atonement that went back up to get the second Luchos and came back down on Yom Kippur. So Shavuos that we celebrate, right, is the Aseris HaDibros, right? It's Maimad HaSinai with Aseris HaDibros. Luchos came later. First failed attempt on Shivas HaVetamuz and then finally on Yom Kippur. Um, and that, and that is going to be the discussion. Which of these two was it? Um, which of these two quarantines are the source for the quarantine of the coin? Just, uh, of course, there's also, as we'll mention, the quarantine of the coin who did the avoda of the paraduma. That will be thrown in also. But first we'll focus on the comparisons of these two potential sources to the avoda of the Kohen Kipper. So, Rabbi Yochanan is the one, again, that holds that the precedent is the Miluim, and Rosh Lakish is the one that holds the precedent is Maimad Harsinai. You might recall, by the way, that the calendrical coincidence last year, when we learned in Shabbos, on Shavuos itself, we, uh, we learned the uh, parts, portions of Masechus Shabbos that had to do with Maimad Harsinai, which we'll be quoting today. So this cycle is really exquisite timing. So Rish Lakish knows that Rabbi Yochanan, he's asking him rhetorically, where are you learning the source of the quarantine of the coin, Gadol? You're learning it from Mimiluim. You're learning it from the Miluim. Okay. So, This is Rish Lakish's contention. This is why he prefers his source. Because Rabbi Yochanan's source is the Miluim. And in the Miluim, there is a feature where it's what's called me'akev. Me'akev means that if any aspect of the miluim, right, when Moshe Rabbeinu 
was quarantining Aaron and teaching him what to do. Any part of that procedure was left out, the entire miluim wouldn't work. It would be me'akev. So that would have to be true too, says Reish Lakish, in the case of the Kohen Gadol, which means to say, you would think, based off of that, that if you quarantined, right, the, if, you did, if you failed to quarantine the Kohen Gadol in preparation for Yom Kippur, then the Avodas Yom Kippurim wouldn't work. That you wouldn't be allowed to do the Avodas Yom Kippurim. That's called Me'akev, right? This is Reish Lakish's problem with Rabbi Yochanan using the Miluim. Because in the Miluim, the quarantine was so critical that if you didn't quarantine, you would not be able to do the Avodas Amiluim. Would you say the same thing by Yom Kippur? That if you don't, right? Our Mishnah says you quarantine the coin for seven days. Would you say that if you didn't quarantine the coin and he managed fortunately to, to remain Tahar, would you say that we don't allow him to do the Avodas Yom Kippurim for lack of quarantine? You, um, so says the Gemara, if you do, if you are prepared to say that that is the case, Meaning, if you are prepared to say, that the Kohen, were he not to quarantine, then even if he remained Tahar, that we won't let him do the Avodos Yom Kippurim, that can't be. Why? Because our very Mishnah says the following. Right? In other words, what did we say? We said that this is like Lahavdil Jackie Mason, a one-man Broadway show where, if, where nobody's coming to see the understudy. So we very much do not want the Kohen Gadol not to work out. But there is an understudy nonetheless. We prepare an understudy. But the understudy and the main actor, right, are not getting the same treatment, right? The Kohen Gadol, Mafrishin, he gets quarantined. The understudy is simply designated. He's at home with a beeper, uh, you know, getting back to the 80s. He's at home with a beeper getting ready to be called. He's on call. Okay, well, says, uh, so, right, so says, uh, Reish Lakish, that makes it sound, we'll say it outside first, the fact that the understudy is simply with a beeper at home and not quarantined makes it, um, is an implication, right, that we don't take this quarantine seriously as being me'akev. Because if the quarantine was me'akev, then even the understudy would have to be quarantined. In other words, it wouldn't, uh, if the quarantine was me'akev, then it wouldn't help to have an understudy unless he was quarantined. Right, that's, that's the way to say it, right? What would be the point of an understudy that wasn't quarantined? He wouldn't be able to do the avoda if it was Bibi Akev. That's the, that's the point that Rish Lakish is making. So let's see it inside. Now Rish Lakish has to prove that, that that's in fact the case, that the understudy is not quarantined. How does he prove it? From the language. It says like this, Vahatanan, right? Maskinu lo koin hacher. So we prepare for him an understudy. We don't say that we quarantine the understudy. Maybe you'll say, wait a minute, when we say that we prepare an understudy, we mean that we do quarantine him. It says, no, that can't be. Why? Because of the language. It has to be consistent. It says the Gemara, You should either say maskinin both, and then I could say, okay, preparing the understudy is like preparing the original Kohen Gadol in, in the sense that you quarantine them. But because of the fact that it uses the Lushen Mafrishin for the Kohen Gadol, and then Maskinin for the understudy, that's how we know that there's a distinction between how they're prepared. The Kohen Gadol himself, the main actor, is in fact quarantined, and his understudy is not. He's only designated, and that means that this Hafrasha cannot be Me'akev, because then there would be no point in uh, designating him as such. You would have to have quarantined the understudy as well. Okay, so that's Reish Lakish's contention to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, in the classic Jewish way, 
answers Reish Lakish's question on him with a question. Okay, well, where do, where do you learn it from? Okay, I learned from the Milum. It seems like a good source. Do you have a better source? Reish Lakish says, Amar Sinai. I learn the precedent for the Kohen Gadol Zavayda from, and his quarantine from the quarantine that Hashem did to Moshe Rabbeinu. How, how so? The Pasuk says, So the cloud covered, right? There was Kvod Hashem on Har Sinai. The cloud covered, we'll see, this is Machlokas. Did the cloud cover Moshe Rabbeinu or did it cover the mountain? Let's see. is ambiguous. So it covered, and then on the seventh day, he called to Moshe. Mechdi. Let's see what this means. So the Pasuk could have just said that he called for Moshe on the seventh day from the arrival at Sinai, which would mean they arrived at Sinai at Rosh Chodesh Sivan. And then on the seventh day, he called to Moshe. So that makes sense. So my Sheshesh Yamim. But then why is it going out of its way to say that Vechasei Onan Sheshesh Yamim? So, must be Zebana Av, Shekola Nichlas, Bemachan, Shechin, Aton, Shisha. It must be creating a general source for the idea that anybody who has to go to the Machane Hashchina, which in subsequent years would be, um, would be signified by the Kodesh HaKadashim, requires six days of quarantine. Now, the, the first thing the Gemara asks is the obvious question, non Shivatnan, right? That's your source for the seven day quarantine? This is a six day quarantine. Says the Gemara, Masnisin Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseirah. No, because our mission is going contra Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseirah, the Chayish Latumas Beso, as we finally arrive at Dalit and Aleph, because he, of a technicality, there's a pragmatic issue where if a person is Boil Nida, then he has to have that Tumma for seven days. Once you have that Tumma for seven days, so we're saying that really the quarantine Me'ikar Din would be six days, but because of a pragmatic concern, that we might still be Tomei on that seventh day, we add a day for that reason. But the source of the actual quarantine is still from Har Sinai. Okay, so that is Reish Lakish. Now, I can understand, the reason I prefer to use the Milum as a source for the Koran's quarantine is Hainu Tanya because I have a Brysa. The Brysa says Zev Zev. Now he's using the source of the Paraduma. He's using that paraduma as a reason to say that the meluim must be the source because zevazeh is referring both to the Yom Kippur service and the service of the paraduma. So it says in the Brisa, zevazeh mazin alav kol shiva. As Rashi explains, that they would have to, right, all, that in both cases there was a lot of spritzing going on. Mikol chatos shayusham. What's kol chatos shayusham? So Rashi says, Mikol parav pari aninosnin kasaslam ishmeras mina efer bechel. This is, as Birnbaum points out, already the second Vanishamati in Rashi. First one was in the, to, in the word Kavayachal yesterday. Here it says Vanishamati, Efer Parashal Moshe Lochala. These Anishamatis, it's like he's saying, and the, and the urban legend is that the Efer Para is still around. But the point of it is that this concoction of the, right, dust of the Para Duma with water, there's a lot of spritzing of that going on, both in the quarantine of the Kohen that was doing the Avodah Sapara Aduma, and also in the quarantine of the Kohen. So, where is the Hazah, says Rabbi Yochanan, in the, in, in the quarantine of Moshe Rabbeinu with the cloud? So he says, this is still another parallel that's better from the Miluim. You know, the Achronim discuss, uh, is this really a Daraisa? Uh, we said yesterday, this is a Chazanish, and the Shagasari point out, I saw Barry. You were listening to to, to Ari Leibowitz. He he points this out that that th- 
is this really the Raisas? This looks more like a smachta. So we're drawing parallels. This is something, again, we won't do in the Yerushalmi. In the Bavli, we spent some time, right, drawing parallels and kind of kicking around these uh, more subtle ideas. So be that as it may, Rabbi Yochanan is saying the Hazah idea is more in the Miluim, right? The Havai Nami Hazah B'Miluim. And so it makes sense that there would be Hazah by the Kohen Gadol and by the Parah Aduma and by the Miluim. And therefore it makes more sense that that's the source. Says Rabbi Yochanan, El Ledidach, the Alphas Mi Sinai, but you, Rish Lakish, you learns it from Sinai, Hazah B'Sinai Mehavai. In Sinai there wasn't any Hazah. Now, of course, if you look at Tosos Hazah, Tosos points out, yeah, sure, there's plenty of spritzing at Sinai. Only it wasn't Moshe or Benu or, or, or the Kohen being spritzed for the sake of Tahara, the way it is in the quarantine of the Kohen Gadol. It's rather Moshe or Benu spritzing Klal Yisrael. So that's a different kind of spritzing. So when Hazah B'Sinai Mi Havai is, is a little bit of a misnomer because there was spritzing, just not the, kind, the same kind of spritzing. Okay, I like calling it spritzing. All right, now, so that is... Rabbi Yochanan's question to Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish responds, Amalei, will tamech me nicha? But according to you, does it make sense? Bimiluim dam, hacha b'mayim. Right? The, you can't compare blood and water. Blood is thicker than water. You have blood in the miluim, and all of the spritzing of the, of the, uh, Yom Kippur and the paraduma is the may Pachatas paraduma concoction. That's a different thing. So even though it is spritzing, you're not spritzing the same thing. To which Rebbechanan replies, Halokasha. No, that's not a question. Yeah, that at the time of the Mishkan, that was water. But these days, the, that was blood. But these days, the water replaces the blood, but it's the same concept. And so th- therefore, conceptually, one could in fact be derived from the other. Okay. But according to you, was there any sprinkling at all? No, there was not. And therefore, you can't compare my watered-down, pun intended, version of the Hazah Saddam to your lack of Hazah altogether. To which Rishlakish answers, Now, the sprinkling is really that you're talking about with regards to to the sprinkling that we're doing isn't really a mi'ikir hadin sprinkling that's supposed to be an exact replica of the sprinkling anthem Luim, as you suggest, Rabbi Yochanan. He's saying, no, the reason we're doing sprinkling, let's say on the Kohen Paraduma or the Kohen Gadol, is a chumrah, right, especially with the Paraduma, let's say. So we said before that the Paraduma has a lot of aspects to it that are, that, that, that need, that need to be, um, uh, that are more makil. Uh, most notably, we're being matame the guy, right? If you might recall, we're, we're being matame the coin that's doing the vodas ha para aduma intentionally, right? In order to show the tzdukim that a tvul yom can do the avoda. So because of that, we add a lot of extra stringencies, right? Chumras, in order to make sure that he's tar. And one of those chumras is the sprinkling of the dam. Uh, in this case, it would be water. But one of those instances is the sprinkling of the mechatas on, on the coin. But that's a chumrah. That's not because we're trying to show, Shalakish is pointing out, that this is, in his, according to his sheet, that's not because we're trying to, sh- to show or to mimic or to pattern the miluim. It's rather because of an actual pragmatic issue here again of showing that we are machmir with the tahara of this coin gadol. And the only reason we're matamahim towards the end is to uh, show the tzedukim that we don't hold like them. Okay. 
Now the Gemara is going to say we have Bryce's like Rabbi Yochanan and like Reish Lakish. So let's see. Tanya Kavsei Der Yochanan, Tanya Kavsei Der Reish Lakish. Tanya Kavsei Der Yochanan, who again holds that this coin Gadol quarantine is like the Miluim because of the following. This is going to seem pretty explicit. The, the Bryce says as follows. B'zos Yavora Arna Lakodesh. Right? When it's talking about the halachas of the Yom Kippur um, service, it says that Arna Lakodesh should, should become B'zos. What does the word B'zos mean? So, B'masha Amor B'inyan. With that which we've discussed, Maihi, what's that? Be'inyan de miluim. He's coming with the miluim. It, this sounds like a little bit of an interesting limud, right? It would be like, how do we know that Yaakov Avinu wore a hat? Vayetze Yaakov. You mean he went out without a hat? Bezos is pretty ambiguous. You could have said Bezos like he did at Har Sinai. You know what I mean? So let's see why Bezos would dafka uh, refer to the miluim. Let's see. Uma Omar be'inyan de miluim. Aaron Pir Shiva Vishimisham Echad. Umosha Masalo Kol Shiva. Kelechancho Be'avoda. So it's really not the source isn't Bezos. The source is the way the Brisa learns Bezos, right? We have a Brisa that learns the Pasuk Bezos to teach you that what Zos is referring to is the Hafrashas Kol Shiva that Aaron Cohen had in the Yemei Miluim, and therefore Ve'afladoros, Cohen Gadol, Parashiva, Misham Shem Echad, Ushnei Tamidei Chachamim, Mitalmidei Shalmosha, Le'afuk Eitzidukim. So he says, just like in the Yemei Miluim, you do the Hafrash of Aaron a Kohen. Similarly, in the future, you take the Kohen Gadol and you do the Hafrasha, the seven-day quarantine. And just like Moshe Rabbeinu taught Aaron what to do during those seven days of quarantine in the Miluim, we bring, it takes two Talmud HaChachavim at least to replace Moshe Rabbeinu, to take the role of Moshe Rabbeinu, to teach the uh, Kohen Gadol who's about to go and do the Avoda, to teach him not to do like the Tzedukim do, because the Tzedukim, you know, they don't make up Ikorsim like they used to. The Tzedukim had their own version of how to do the Avodas Yom Kippurim, um, right? So the Apikorsim of today don't really care that much about the Avodas Yom Kippurim, they, but, but the Tzedukim actually did, and they had their own way, and so we had to show them that this is not that way, and we had to teach the Kohen Gadol not to be confused with their ways, okay? Be that as may, this is the Brisa using the Lashon Bezos to actually literally explain that the pattern of the Avodos Yom Kippurim and the, and the quarantine is patterned after the quarantine of the Miluim, which sounds like a support for Rabbi Yochanan, right? As the Brisa continues to say, And therefore from this Brisa and from that source, Bazos is the actual source of the Hafrashas Koin Gadol, which... To which the Brisa adds, "V'kashem shabafrishin koin gadol kach mafrishin koin hasoyif asapara." And here, this is sound, sounding good for Rabbi Yochanan. That just like we have quarantine for the coin gadol, we have the quarantine for the coin who sorif the para. The lishka al shepnei abirat zfonom izracha. Just like our Mishnah says that you do it in the northeast, right? Um, lishka, that's where the quarantine of the coin hasoyif asapara is. Uh, it's north because that's where the korbanos chatos are. It's east because it's closest to where the actual korban taking place in Harzesim. And therefore, that uh, b'risa is a source, sounds exactly like Rabbi Yochanan. The b'risa even continues to say, that which we just uh, quoted, again, in, in classic Bavli style, we're now finally reading everything that we've, uh, we're do- it seems like we're doing it backwards, right? We're reading that which we alluded to already. Mazin alav kol shiva, mikol chatos shayusham. That we, at that point, in both cases, the para, duma, and the kohen gadol, we are doing the spritzing all seven days. It's really not true, says Rabbi Leibowitz. It's not exactly all seven days, but it's throughout the seven days. Maybe it's the first, 
the third and the seventh, be that as it may, there's spritzing going on from those, from those chatash shayusham, which we already mentioned, and the im tomer b'meluim dam hachamaya, right? So literally, we have a brisa here that's going through the shakla v'tari of the Gemara we just read. That if you're going to say that in the miluim it was red, it was uh, blood, and here it's just water, so amart nichnasumayim tachas dam, and there we go. We include into the brisa baked into this brisa is what we had quoted earlier in the name of what was there Rabbi Yehuda ben Besera? Oh, the Chatani Rabbi Chia. Uh, the Rabbi Chia had said that uh, the water is a replacement for what had been the blood in the Miloim. Good. So, and finally, the Brisa concludes, And then finally, again, the, the Brisa also itself is um, finally getting back to the source, which we had already quoted yesterday, that this Pasuk, Kasher Asabi and we had said that that was one of the shitas that the pasuk both laasos and lachaper teach you both the maisapara and the yom kippurim in that pasuk, and therefore the brisa in its conclusion is bringing it all back to a biblical source again. Like we said, um, is this a real limud? Is a discussion in the achronim? This might just be an asmachta. But be that as it may, we have a scriptural source for the idea that it is, in fact, the miluim that is the source for both the, the quarantine of the Kohen Gadol and the Paraduma. You would think the Gemara sh- should stop here because, after all, this sounds like a knockout brisa that's exactly verbatim the shita of Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, the Gemara just also, as a side point now, asks, Bazos is, is quite ambiguous. How did Bazos teach us all this? Says the Gemara, by Bazos mi boy le we have to learn Bazos for its own sake, for to learn about the Karbanos. So the Gemara answers, Amrei korban If we only learned about the Karbanos from Bazos, it would have said Bazet. my Bazos. Why is it saying the words Bazos? Shmat tarti. We can actually learn two things about the Karbanos and also about this quarantine. Okay, so my Omer. Remember, in the Brisa itself, now the Brisa is over. End of Brisa. Now, in the Brisa, at, at the very end, it says, Ve'omer kasher asabi lechem, right? It said all, everything that it said about the Bazos and how we do it exactly like we used to do it in the Miluim. And then it said, it brought in the Pasuk of kasher asabi So the Gemara now is asking, why do you also need the Pasuk of kasher asabi Why do you need this Ve'omer in addition to already the Limud all the way down from Bazos? My Ve'omer, why do you need the second Pasuk? So the Gemara answers, two, two possible answers. One is, Maybe, just like the Miluim, was the very first time anybody did any Karbanos, and it was the literally the inauguration of the concept of Kahuna. So maybe, similarly, only the very first Yom Kippur in history would require the quarantine. But in general, you wouldn't need it. That's one thing you might have thought if you only learned it from Bazos. Inami, or possibly Kohen Gadol Kama who Prisha. Maybe it's not a Chefza thing, but a Gavra thing, where only the first Kohen Gadol in history, namely Aaron HaKohen, he would be the only one that would need quarantine. However, Ava Kohen Gadol Be'al but in the future, you would not need this quarantine. Tashma Kasher That's why Kasher we have that second Pasuk in the end of the Brisa to teach you what? That even in the future, you will always have to have the Kohen Gadol quarantine. 
And thus ends the b'risa that seems to very strongly support the shita of Rabbi Yochanan, that the source of the quarantine of the Kohen Gadol is the Miluim. Good. Tanya Kavasei Deresh Lakish. Here's the b'risa that supports Deresh Lakish, continues the Gemara, as follows. Pasuk says, Moshe Allah be'anan, b'nizkasa be'anan. Um, so that's interesting, right? When you read the Pasuk, as we said, the Pasuk is ambiguous. It says, we'll read it first. It's a, right, right, that the Kvod Hashem was on Har Sinai. Well, sounds like it's referring, what's the subject of this sentence? Sounds like the Anan is covering the mountain. And then he calls to Moshe Rabbeinu. But that's not what our Brisa says. Our Brisa says, Moshe That Moshe went into the cloud and he was covered. Moshe was covered by the Anan. And then he was, in fact, sort of like quarantined by this cloud, enveloped by this cloud, and then sanctified by the cloud. In order to what? To receive the Torah B'Kedusha. Because it says that that's where the Kvod Hashem was. Okay, so Dibros. All of this, this is going to be the Shita of Rabbi Yossi HaGalili. All of this, Rabbi Yossi HaGalili means, that the cloud covered Moshe Rabbeinu, and that all of that happened after Aseris HaDibros, Shayut Chila Le'arbaim Yom. Divrei Rabbi Yossi HaGalili. So just to clarify what Rabbi Yossi HaGalili's Shita is, his Shita is the following. Kal Yisrael got to Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, there was six days of uh, so I got there on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and then there was there were some clouds, but not the cloud that's referenced in the pasuk. There was a Saras Adibros on either Vav or Zion Sivan, as we'll see. That's a Machlokes. Which day is Shavuos? We heard a Saras Adibros, and then in within the forty days leading up to the reception of the Luchos. The first six of those 40 days, there was a quarantine cloud covering Moshe Rabbeinu so that when he goes up to accept the actual tablets, as we call them, he will receive it Petahara. This is the Shita of Rabbi Yossi Aglili, okay? That this whole cloud covering was like a mikveh for Moshe Rabbeinu after Aseris Adibros in anticipation of the reception of the, of the actual luchos. Okay. That's Shita's Rabbi uh, or Yossi Aglili. As we're about to turn... To on the second to last line of Dalar Medal, for Bikiva Omer, Vayishkon Kvod Hashem, Mirosh Chodesh, right? So amazingly, there's a machlokes as to when this cloud was, and in fact, what it covered. Rabbi Yossi Galili says it covered Moshe Rabbeinu, and it was like a mikveh for Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, a, a quarantine for him after Aseris Adibros. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says, it was a cloud that covered the mountain. And it started before Aseris before Aseris Adibros, right? And it covered the mountain. Anan says the first words on Delanum Bays, Lahar. It's covering the mountain. Moshe. So then what did it mean? He called out to Moshe on the seventh day. It means that on the seventh day, that is referring to Aseris Hadibros. What does Vaikral Moshe mean? Says Rabbi Akiva, Moshe Vachol Yisrael Oindin. Uh-huh. It's not just that he called out to Moshe to come get the luchos. It was, he was calling out to Moshe and to all of Klal Yisrael. 
So then the question you might ask is, well, why does it say that he called that to Moshe? Does that sound like he's saying that Sarah said Dibros to Klal Yisrael? No. It sounds like he's singling Moshe out. Says Rabbi Kiva, no. That even though, right, he was calling out to all of Klal Yisrael, it was saying, like, right, right? He was speaking to Moshe, you know, like when you speak to Bar Mitzvah boy, you say to the Bar Mitzvah boy, I'm going to speak to you, Yankala, and everyone else can listen, right? When the rabbi gives a speech to the Bar Mitzvah boy. So he's being Mechabed, the Bar Mitzvah boy, but really he's speaking to everyone, Beshem the Bar Mitzvah boy. So very similarly, uh, Hashem is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, and everyone else can listen. When it comes to Aserah Zedibros, this is Shita's Rabbi Akiva. So and amazingly, we have a chlokas as to what the cloud covered, and when the cloud cover took place. Wow. So, that is... A big time machlokas. Now, according to Rabbi Yossi it covered Moshe, and that was a quarantine. Um, so, so they ask, this is Tanya Kivasei? This is what you call ta- Tanya Kivasei Derish Lakish? It's a machlokas, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yossi So they say, yeah, okay, but the fact that there's even a shita here, Rabbi Yossi that sounds like Rish Lakish, is at least a source that Rish Lakish could use. Okay. Uh, anyways. Rabbi Nasan Omer, now we're going to have two, other, two more shitas that actually agree with Rabbi Yossi Aglili, fundamentally at least, that the cloud was, did in fact cover Moshe Rabbeinu, right, instead of the mountain. So it's really Rabbi Kiva versus three other Tanaic sources. Rabbi Kiva says it covered the mountain. Rabbi Nasan Omer, that what it means is not that there was a quarantine per se of Moshe Rabbeinu, but that the cloud, right, because the, the cloud covering Moshe Rabbeinu is ambiguous. It's just kind of cloud covering. What is it doing? So according to Yossi Aglili, it's doing a quarantine of, of Tahara. I called it a mikvah. Okay. But it's like a mikvah slash quarantine slash hazaa, right? It's a purification of some sort of cover. Rinasan gets a little more right biological here that he's that he's trying to purge him. It's like a cleanse, right? From all after seven days, right? You, they have these uh, places in Germany where you don't eat and drink for like seven days, or maybe you don't. You just drink water and then you cleanse, right? So he was trying to right. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to receive the luchos. So he agrees fundamentally with Yosef Aglili that Moshe that is an anticipation of reception of the luchos. But when you receive the luchos, you can't you know have to go to the bathroom in the middle. You can't be like a regular bus of a dumb. You have to have some angelic qualities. So you diminish your physicality by having this seven-day quarantine to purge the food and drink from your intestines. And then you're more angelic, and then you can actually receive the luchos. Rav Masya ben Kharashaymer, a fourth sheet, Lova love. No, that's just the cloud is just to instill the proper Yerush Shemaim into Moshe Rabbeinu, Torah Nisnes Be'ema Reses Vizayah. That the Torah should be given with fear, trembling, quaking, that's appropriate. Right, that's what it says. You should what? Serve Hashem with Yira and also rejoice with trepidation. So you should be joyous for right, your lot in life that you get to serve Hashem. But certainly that is mixed in with the Yira Shemaim as well. And that was highlighted by this cloud of glory, as it were. The Gemara asks, My Vigilu Berada, how does Rejoicing in trepidation um, fit in. So, in the place of rejoicing, which is the reception of the Torah, certainly the most joyous thing that could be, there should be at least some trepidation also, and that's what the cloud was accomplishing. The sphere of Hashem that can come, as you can imagine, or probably can't even imagine, from the cloud of glory. 
Okay, so now three lines up from the wide, we're going to analyze this machlokas for Biosi and, R- and Rabbi Kiva um, about what happened in Maimed Harsinai. Fascinating. But my Kiva. What was their machlokas? tonight. This was what the machlokas was. They were arguing over the following machlokas tonight. The Tanya. We learned the following in the Brisa. When was Shavuos? Well, uh, Tanakama says it was on Vav Sivan, and Rabbi Yossi says it was on Zion Sivan. Okay? Well, let's just look into this a little closer. If you say, like the Tanakama, that the Torah was given on the 6th of Sivan, he holds that Bishisha Nisna of Shiva Allah. This again, last year, this was like the second day of Shavuos was all of these Gemaras in Masechus Shabbos. Right? The Kafalem Harkagigis Gemaras. So, so there was a Machlokas, right? One, one shita was that on the sixth day, right, was the Ten Commandments, right? Was the Seris of Dibros. And then on the seventh day, the next day, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to go get the Luchos. Uman de Amar B'Shiva, and he who says that the Ten Commandments was on the seventh day, right, you know, the Aseris um, of Dibros was on the seventh day, B'Shiva Nisna V'Shiva Right? They both hold that Moshe Rabbeinu um, went up on the seventh day, right? Because it has to be 40 days before he comes down with the Luchos. So if you count, and Rashi goes through it, but it, it's, right, it's, it's easy math. If you go up on the seventh of Sivan, then the next month is Tammuz. So you just move over, right, 40 days would be the 30 days, which is a month, plus another 10 days. So seven becomes 17. You get Shivas or Tammuz is when he comes back. So they both hold that he went up on the seventh day. Uh, if you look at, if you remember from Shabbos, it's just a question of, can you actually hear the Dibros? Right? Moshe Rabbeinu was doing a lot of shuttling back and forth during these days between Kal Yisrael and Kal Baruch Hu, trying to be a liaison. So does he rest or can you do the same, can you spend it within the same day that you hear a series of Dibros, can you actually go up and get the Luchos? That was the Machlokas there in Shabbos. So be that as it may, there's a Machlokas on which day was the Kabbalah Satora of the Aseris Adibros. Was it on Vav or on Zayim? Okay, so how does this have to do with the Machlokas of Yosef Aglili and Rabbi Kiva? Says the Gemara as follows. Rabbi Yosef Aglili Savar Laketanakama. Rabbi Yosef Aglili held that it must be Aseris Adibros was on Vav Stephen. Why? The Amar B'Shisha B'Chodesh Nisna Taira. Why so? Because Hilchach Zehaya Maise Achar Aseris Adibros. Right? That's why you have to say that this cloud covering came in on that seventh day after the Aseris Adibros. Also, let's look at the Pasuk. Ve'ishkon Kvod Hashem, says the Gemara, Al Har Sinai, that the Kvod Hashem rests on Al Har Sinai. Now, remember, Ve'ichasehu um, Hanan Sheshesh Yomim Lemoshe, right? That Rabbi Yosef Aglili holds that this cloud cover was not covering the mountain, but rather was covering Moshe. And then, Ve'ikra'al Moshe Ve'yom Hashvi. And so, on that, and then on the seventh day was when Moshe was called up to go up to get the Torah. Le'kabulei Shar Torah, to go get the Luchos. Because if you think meant that the cloud covered Moshe Rabbeinu, or, 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 or rather that the cloud covered was from Rosh Chodesh, and then if you think, as Rabbi Kiva does, that the cloud cover is referring to the covering of the mountain, right, and that it's from Rosh Chodesh, then so then he says, when he called to Moshe on the seventh day, it means Hashem called him on the seventh day to go get the, uh, the Luchos, or, or 
to call call him. So what did he call him to get? The Kabula Aseris Adibros, Hakabila Lumashisha. Well the Aseris Adibros were already given on the sixth of Sivan. And the cloud, every the show was over already. The cloud already departed. In other words, if the cloud cover started on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and you happen to hold, right? This is how the two shitas mix together. If you hold that the Aseris Adibros was on, this is a long way of saying, if you hold that the Aseris Adibros was on Zion Sivan, and you hold that there was cloud cover for the sixth, uh, starting from Rosh Chodesh for six days, so then it turns out that by the time you got the Luchos, the cloud cover was over. In other words, we have this Kabbalah that at the very end of the cloud cover period, there, that's when we got the Aseris Adibros, like Mitoche Anan, from the cloud cover. But if you hold that Aseris Adibros were given on Zion Sivan, then that is a raya that lines up better with Rabbi Yossi Aglili, because according to Rabbi Kiva, the cloud already left, the show was already over, and, and Aseris Adibros should have already been given at that point. Okay. So that is what Rabbi Yossi, that, that is what Rabbi Yossi Aglili would hold. However, Rabbi Kiva suffered like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Kiva would hold that no, Aseris Adibros was on the sixth day. He holds that the Torah was given on the seventh, and therefore you could just simply understand that what? There was, on the seventh day, was to hear, right, the, the, the Avodas, the um, Aseris Adibros, and therefore, really all of it, according to Rabbi Akiva, which sounds like the Pashup shot in the Pasuk, was in anticipation of the Aseris Adibros. The Gemara is going to flesh this out a little bit more. It's going to say, Bishlam of the Rabbi Akiva, I can understand. According to Rabbi Akiva, we're going to see here, everything is Pashup, right? According to Rabbi Akiva, it's, Hainu de Mishkachas lo b'shivas abertamas nishtabro haluchos, esrin ve'arba de sivan v'shitzar de tamas. The Gemara says, right, you have the 24 days left in sivan after the seventh day, and then another six, Vishitsar, uh, and then, uh, I'm sorry, and then the first 16 of Tammuz, so 24 plus 16 is 40, and then, Malulahu Arbain Yomim Dehava Bahar, right? And that com- combines to give you the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu was in the mountain. We did the math differently. We just basically did 30 days of, and then another 10, but you get the idea that if you hold that the Shiva, that, that on the seventh of, right, Sivan, the, the, uh, was the Torah given on Shavuos, then you could see that 40 days later, you could see how 40 days later on Shavuos of Tamas was when he came down with the Luchos and had to break them. Who says that there was a, a six day of right quarantine following the giving of the Aseris Hadibros. So then, and then if you add Another 40 days on the mountain after the six days of quarantine, right? Then you come out that the Kabbalah of the Luchos was on 23 of Tammuz. And we know that that's not true. It was on Shivas of Tammuz. But that the Gemara already answers, and it answered earlier. Right? That's just, uh, it's a misnomer that there was six days of quarantine in, uh, before the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu went up. No, certainly that would leave you at 23 of Tammuz. That's not the case. The fact is that the first 40 days, the first six of the 40 days that Moshe went up, he was in quarantine. And then he had another 34 days uh, up there on the mountain. But, you know, you, you, you may ask, what was he doing for 40 days? So he was learning with, with Hashem. But so really they say, how could he, right, Learn it all in 40 days. The truth of the matter is he learned it all in 34 days because first he was, the first six of those days, he was in quarantine according to Yossi Aglili. Okay. 
So the Gemara answers, all right, so, so that is, right, that is the, the analysis of that b'risa. So now in the middle of Dalim and Beis, the Gemara is going to make the following observation. Amar Mar, Ve'ikra'el El Moshe. It says in the Pasuk that he called to Moshe. So what's going on? Moshe v'chol Yisrael omdim. We say that Moshe and everybody was standing there. That supports, right, the view of Rabbi Lazo. Rabbi Lazo, el Moshe, Moshe v'chol Yisrael omdim. So this is what we said before. When the Pasuk says ve'ikra'el Moshe, well, according to Rabbi Kiva, that's talking to Aseris Adibros. Well, Aseris Adibros wasn't given just to Moshe. The Aseris Adibros was given to all of Klal Yisrael. So this, this uh, source, right, is it's Rabbi Lazar's assertion that when he called out to Moshe, it was like a rabbi speaking to a bar mitzvah boy saying, I'm speaking to you, but everyone else should listen. And it's only singling out Moshe in order to be mechabed Moshe Rabbeinu. But really, it was, in fact, an allusion to the Aseris Adibros that were given to all of Klal Yisrael. However, says the Gemara, that is not what the Brisa seems to imply because the Brisa says, Mesve kol lo. The Pasuk could have said, Call lo that he called to him, but instead it said call a love, right? That he spoke to him a love. Moshe shama ve'kol Yisrael lo shamu. A love is an allusion to speaking more directly to Moshe Rabbeinu. To which the Gemara answers lo kasha habesina moed. Yes, it is true <coughs> that Hashem spoke sometimes to Moshe Rabbeinu himself and sometimes to Klal Yisrael and Moshe Rabbeinu together. When it says that he spoke to him directly, it was Ba'oil Moe. When it says that he spoke to him and allowed everyone else to listen, it's at Har Sinai. So, in other words, we hear, we see in the Torah, sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu is talked to, and it sounds like he's only being talked to and nobody else can listen. And sometimes everyone can listen. So when is it? In Har Sinai, in the Aseris Dibros, everyone was there to hear. But in the Oil Moe, it was a more private interaction. Or, another resolution of this is Habikriya Habadibur. That calling is different than speaking, right? That when you call, when you speak, it's more intimate, right? When you when you call, so that's a louder. That's like with a ram call, as they say, right? In uh, right, a loudspeaker, and that's for everyone to hear. However, when you're speaking, so that's a more intimate thing. That's when it's just Hakadosh Baruch Hu speaking more softly, so so to speak, to Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Okay, now when Moshe came into the camp from the Shekhinah, Rabbi Zerika, Rami, Kroi, Kamei, the Rebbe Lazar, Rami, Le, Amar, Rabbi Rabbi Lazar, Rami, right, that this is a contradiction between two psukim, Ksiv, it says, that the, the oil moed was impenetrable because, it, because there was a cloud on it, but by the same token, it says that Moshe, in fact, walked into the cloud, so was the cloud penetrable or impenetrable? So, that even there, Moshe Rabbeinu had such year shemaim that he had to be seized by his, by his coat, so to speak, and, and, and dragged into the Anan. Or, a second resolution of this, So, when we say in Az Yashir, they weren't actually in the ocean, right? If you look at all the children's book you see, or in anything you see, that the water split. Just like there, there was actually a path that they could walk through. Right? That they had water on either side. So therefore, clearly, there was a path. So So even though it says, which sounds like Moshe Rabbeinu walked into the cloud. No, Moshe Rabbeinu was only, uh, only had the sort of... Uh, 
guts to walk through once a opening opened inside the cloud, just like it had at Kriyas Yamsuf. So we'll begin with the two dots will resume tomorrow, approximately 10 lines up from the bottom of Dalaram and Bayes. Thank you.